Welcome to the new neighborhood. I'm your host, Joan Lombardi, and I'm delighted to be with you today to share some of the dramatic changes that are taking place across the country as people are reinforcing a sense of community. They're supporting young children and families and assuring equity right from the start. Today, we're going to hear about Bridgeport Prospers, where they've launched Baby Bundle, a community-wide initiative to support families with very young children. Today, we're speaking to Allison Logan, Executive Director of Bridgeport Prospers, and Janice Grindel, Senior Advisor to Bridgeport Prospers and Baby Bundle. Welcome, Allison and Janice. To start off, Allison, before we speak about Baby Bundle, tell us about the overall community effort in Bridgeport Prospers. How did it get started? Where does the story begin? First of all, thank you, Joan, for having us today. You know, we're so excited to be here and talking about this. This story began back in 2012 when the Bridgeport community came together with backbone support from the United Way of Coastal Fairfield County with a cross-sector group from the community of faith leaders to health, to education, to community-based organizations, food, housing, and actually myself as a volunteer. I had been working in Bridgeport Public Schools as a teacher and a coach for 10 years. I volunteered on the first um, Early Childhood Community Action Network, and that's where I met Janice. I fell in love with this type of systems change, collective impact, um, really looking at the systems of care approach. And so then after that, I became the early childhood education and development um, coordinator for that. And then a year and a half later, became executive director. So you were really focused on the comprehensive nature of systems right from the beginning. Janice, talk about the prenatal to three period what was the impetus of that work and how has it evolved? Thank you for um, inviting us and also for honoring the work that is going on in Bridgeport. So we uh, launched, relaunched a series of community action teams in January of 2016. Um, these community action teams are a really critical component of Strive Together, the structure and the process. And we began to look at the data that Allison just described, benchmarks across the whole cradle to career continuum. Well, every data point <laughs> revealed a community under great stress from intergenerational poverty and actually geographic racism. We can say those words now. We found two important data points that really would define our work for these past four years. The first was on target child development at the age of three. And because there was and still is little agreement on how to measure that, we used a Head Start tool that had been administered for each entering three and four-year-old into the city's Head Start, which actually served nearly half, if not half, of the children who were three and four. What we found pretty much confirmed what we thought we knew, but shocked really literally everyone, Joan. Three and four of these little kids did not consistently demonstrate age-expected development. And, you know, we hear that a lot anecdotally, but we had the data and it, it sort of really pushed people back on their heels. So then we continued to push back the data towards birth. And um, what we found, while we found not unexpected levels of late or no prenatal care, we also learned that nearly seven in 10 resident births in Bridgeport was paid for by Medicaid. 
So these data points helped us to focus in on early development, the first, and the second defined both the conditions of our families and identified the Connecticut program that needed to be our partner over time. So many communities say there is no data. You found data and were able to make the case. Allison, can you tell us how was the community engaged in that work? Sure. So part of part of this, uh, the collective impact um, from the beginning was the community co-developing and co-designing along with us. And part of the community action network was having community folks at the table, not only community resident folks, but also looking at the programmatic people who are involved in, in all of the, the programs that are happening um, in Bridgeport. And one of the things that we found is that Bridgeport, like many other places, are program rich and systems poor. So there's a lot of programs across the city. And so looking at, you know, working with community to to looking, first of all, what's out there and second of all, where the holes in that are. And then thirdly, uplifting not only the data that we're getting, the actual um, number data, but lifting up um, lived experience. We um, have community messengers that are called, we actually call them community consultants because we pay them as consultants, sitting on decision-making tables. And so um, they actually have also helped us in the community. And as we advanced the work, we held community events, we had community baby showers, listening sessions, we screened the documentary Resilience with a focus on the science of adverse childhood experiences. And we have now screened that with over 2,500 people across the, the city of Bridgeport and really talking about with community what, what that means and talking about child development in a really real way. And so what we learned from the community as we were having these conversations um, is that it was difficult for them to access and navigate services. They didn't know where the services were. Um, there was an association of home visiting with DCF and home visiting was only discussed at the after birth. And so they were only finding out about it after um, their baby was born. And then, and then the home visiting providers did not represent themselves as community members. So moms were saying that the home visiting providers coming into their home did not look like them and did not reflect their community. Um, there was maternal health issues of clinical racism and um, racially biased services for moms who were going to have babies in Bridgeport Hospital and even contact with their OB providers, lack of access to supports and basic needs like food food and diapers, and high rates of being disconnected from the community, and um, a high rate of um, maternal depression and um, just uh, the baby blues. Um, our community members were really relaying this information. Our community messengers were relaying this information to us as we were designing. And so we used the lived experience side by side with the data that we were collecting to inform our process and the elements of the bundle. And so, you know, some of the elements of the bundle were looking at changing the home visiting model that was currently there to Healthy Families America, which really really uses community health workers that are reflective of the community as home visiting providers and looking at calling them wellness navigators and connecting with access to food and diapers and, 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 um, and provide those really basic need supports that family needs um, starting early. Um, so home healthy families, America look uh, starts early with OB providers and connecting, connecting um, families early to the supports that they need. We had a strong doula component in 
in the city. And now we've connected our doulas with the OB providers and created this dream team of a doula OB support for moms across the community. Um, and we're looking at, you know, increasing maternal mental health supports based on um, the need from the community. So really listening to our community and then working alongside and co-developing is, is uh, the basis for all of this work. Well, it's really great to hear the combination of authentic community voices with the data. Janice, tell us a little bit more about Baby Bundle. How does it work? And what are the strategies that you've employed that you feel are the most effective? Great. Uh, thank you. I, I would love to do that. Um, uh, just a note on your observation and Allison's wonderful recounting of what's in one of these core community strategies. I would say that our baby bundle framework, it is not a program, it's a framework. And it's much more about the power of people in the context of place. So it's combining those pieces. It's not just a street, it's the people who occupy them and live there. And so the power of people in the context of place is just a, a very succinct way for me to think about this work. So to get to your question, what is this? What is the structure of this and how do the pieces work together? After we together thought through the three-year-old data, um, building off developmental neuroscience with a really strong focus on trauma, ACEs and inequities, our partners decided we need a brave vision, right? The data was so disturbing and it, 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 we couldn't have it, right? It, we couldn't have it. So they decided that all children born in Bridgeport beginning in 2018, so you now know we're into our third year of that first cohort, would reach on target development as measured at the age of three. That's really brave because it's not at 30,000 feet. It's right on the street where people live and these children have names and they have data and they have families and we should be able to find them as, as part of this process. But that brave vision also meant of course that we had to look back into pregnancy and also into the early months of, of birth so that we had healthy births and healthy moms and families. So after we got to the vision, um, we, we set about to figure out what it would take to actually achieve it. We rejected outright the idea that any single program could solve for the past and present challenges of our families and children. You know, we focus a lot on evidence-based programs and, they, and if, if implemented with fidelity, they take us to the outcomes they have proven they can deliver, but any one of them is not enough to change the circumstances and the lived experiences of the families in the city and lots of cities. So we set three core principles as a starting point for community consensus and everything else. I'm gonna tell you what they are, and then I will tell you the strategies that have evolved. The first premise um, is that we start with the science always. We start early, we focus on healthy and adult child, healthy relationships, and we start with the heart. Uh, it's been imperative for Alice and me to be humble listeners and to feel and to cry and to live these experiences with people. So that's the first one, anchoring it in science and really being in there. The second one is that we decided we had to create a set of strategies, not just one, it turns out there are seven, um, that would have to be built and implemented simultaneously if we were gonna build a new community ecosystem for families. And that's, Allison talked about, you know, 
program focused, but with lots of holes in, in, in systems and lots of lack of connections. And then the third one is that we absolutely committed to build and manage for outcomes and accountability. And that just didn't mean process outcomes. That meant really understanding these children and where they are at each of the developmental stages of their life. So those were our premises and we hold to those today. So how do we get there? The community said, well, look, we need some really um, good strategies. And there are seven that have evolved over the past four years. So the first strategy Allison described beautifully, it's focused on evidence-based supports for families and the caregivers of young children. That's, that's all of the, the um, home visiting and the doulas and the Bridgeport Basics and a whole bunch of things that Allison has described. The second one says, but there's a lot of strength and innovation at the community level that we don't get to if we stick only with these evidence-based models that are very strict. So we focused on family and neighborhood strengths and innovation, and that's where Allison described the community consultants and the community coming forth to actually co-design with us. The third strategy comes from the really smart understanding that you can't do this without community empowerment. And we talked about activating an army uh, of helpers and supporters. And Allison described a bunch of events that we do to, to accomplish that. The fourth one said that we committed to work with programs across sectors, that's a big deal, to rebuild their case practice so that it's trauma-informed, resilience focus, connected and collaborative. Um, we're building in wellness navigators as a part of that because the systems such as they exist are really hard for families to navigate and we built them that way. So that's the fourth one. We need to have a different kind of case practice. The fifth one says that if our community organizations are not strong, they can't deliver the work that needs to be done. So there's a spot in our bundle that says, how, how are our organizations doing? What do they need to be sustainable and trauma and resilience focused? So that's five. The six is very simple, track change and measure outcomes, you know, data, data, stories, all of that piece so that we can a tell our stories and and know whether we're actually accomplishing what we set out to do and the last one is usually where people start which is to answer the question well how am i going to fund this and we decided that we needed a five-year sort of strategic action plan that was based on investment and reallocation and we call that our resource investment portfolio so usually joan at this point people take a big breath and they say yikes right? We do too. But we've built or rebuilt such strong relationships and partnerships as Allison has described, and we share this work. So we always start with the heart, and there's really work going on in each of these seven strategies. It actually surprises us sometimes. I think that's the exciting thing about this is that Again, it's multifaceted. Allison, what's your advice to other communities? There's a lot of communities across the country that are trying to figure out what they should do around the prenatal to three period. What's your advice to them? So I think my um, biggest advice is that a lot of times folks get stuck. I think Janice alluded to this, stuck in the programs, 
designing with community is is a new concept, especially in healthcare. So a lot of this work happens in the healthcare sector. In Bridgeport, we are very fortunate to build some amazing relationships with Bridgeport Hospital and the federally qualified health centers. And in the in the health community in this prenatal to three space, having community voice at the table was hard for them. And I and and we have done it in a way where now that the, the, these community consultants are sitting at the decision-making tables and the lived experience voices being heard is actually changed the perception of the healthcare community in this. So I think that that's first for me. Don't skip the landscape analysis. We spent an entire year, Janice alluded to, like looking at what was out there. We spent an entire year in 2016, doing a deep analysis of what was out there, what programs existed, you know, where were the connections, where were the fam, where were the referrals coming from, how were families getting into services, how were they finding out about them, how many, what was the slot capacity of infant and toddler um, care? So we really look deeply at that because oftentimes solutions are uh, presented before you actually know where the holes are, and the landscape analysis allowed us to really see where the holes were especially like in home visiting. So there was a huge hole at the hospital level that, you know, a mom got sent with information, you know, a bag of information and, you know, here's where you go if you need help, kind of from the hospital without any kind of support underneath. So we knew we had to do some sort of a universal home visiting design um, that, that started prenatally to make sure the moms got support. So I think if we hadn't done that landscape analysis, we wouldn't have known where the holes were. And then um, I think... I think the thirdly is working, always working on multiple levels simultaneously. If you notice what Janice said, we didn't start with the programs and then do community and then do the financing piece. We did it all at the same time. Allison, have you also reached out to the faith-based community? There's a phrase in Bridgeport that you have um, 400 square blocks and 200 churches in those, um, but there are lots of churches. And so we really started collaborating closely with the churches because the messaging, they were very interested in how to get the messaging across of the importance of early childhood and those first three years of life. They said, you know, we have folks coming, gathering at our you know churches. How do we display the message? How do we tell the message of the importance and where to get services and where to find, where to find, you know, these supports that families need? They, so they use themselves as a vehicle. And we did a lot of sessions with the faith community. Um, We did resilience screenings where we focused on adverse childhood experiences. We talked about the Bridgeport basics, which is a parental support tool, and they actually have them all over the churches now. And so, and they did um, 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 young parent classes and that where they talked about the supports in the city. So they were a huge caveat for really moving our work forward substantially. And right now we are working with the faith sector on um, Black Men and Trauma series and really looking at um, how, how we talk about trauma across the city. And the faith leaders are really moving this forward. Well, again, it's listening to the community that you're exemplifying in this effort. It's very impressive and very important for other communities to hear that. Janice, Allison talked about the health sector, the faith-based community. What's your advice for communities wanting to engage the childcare system, which also is an important part of our efforts to reach out to families? 
You know, Joan, we have to offer a totally different answer today as we struggle our way out of COVID than we might have answered your question just a year ago. Then it was about partnering to expand family-based childcare for infants and toddlers. So we were really focused on building the family-based sector that was developmentally competent, that allowed women and men to go to work and feel confident in the care of their babies. And where the women who were the family caregivers, the child caregivers actually earned enough to support their own families. So for us, where we were a year ago was about a developmental and an economic imperative. Over the past year, and this is true across the country, um, the focus of our state in particular has been to really help all these childcare providers just to survive, right? This is the world changed and we have been living through it as everyone knows over the last year where that system um, has struggled not to crumble in the face of COVID. Um, so while COVID has brought a lot of pain for people and laid bare the intergenerational fault lines of our country, current resources are finally coming to childcare. So I wanna talk about the now answer. We need to use these resources to rebuild the kind of childcare services that are good for children, good for their parents, and good for the daily caregivers. And I think using these new resources to simply reinvent what we had is a terrible idea because what we had was not so hot. So this is an opportunity brought out of a terrible circumstance to really reimagine that system and the people who work in it and the people who use it. Frankly, this, this is my own perspective. I hope communities can learn to work more with their Head Start providers, for example, and re-envision a future with more early Head Start while state policy moves to increase three and four-year-old preschool. I think we, there's a way to have a shift in that traditional structure. And if I were the queen of the May, I would link the expanded capacity of early Head Start with a network of family child care providers, kind of a hub and spoke design. We could do that now. We couldn't have done that a year ago. Finally, we need our child care system to emerge connected to other vital supports that we have laid out in the baby bundle. So like home visiting and like pediatric care. And I think we have to give them a real role in redefining the new economy, right? That's gonna happen across the country this year. So it's, they're not a service, they are a fundamental piece um, in terms of women and children and work. And I do see that opportunity that COVID has brought and the bundle of money that's coming down to really rethink this whole system. Well, I'm smiling, Janice, um, because I, too, of course, think Early Head Start is a concept that could be expanded out across a community. So great to hear that. Um, and let me ask final word from both of you. What's the most exciting thing you have to look forward to? And Janice, let me start with you. I guess for me, the most exciting part is having people get comfortable with a whole new way of doing business um, on all levels. So the DNA of the work that we do to support children and families, to support the state, to support policy, fundamentally changes when you get into the space that we are in. I think the caveat on that is that we've been doing this for 48 months, maybe a little bit longer. And so it's slow work, it's hard work, 
it's crying work, it's togetherness work. And I, I think that we, we, and especially Allison, have been able to build and rebuild a new way, new trust, new relationships um, that will allow us to operate way better in the economy, which is absolutely going to come. That is very exciting to me. So Allison, final word. What are you excited about? What are you thinking as we go into the future? There's so many things I'm excited about. Every day brings a new excitement. So I'm, you know, we're constantly texting back and forth, Janice and I, about the, this amazing, you know, work that we're doing. We were funded you know, this past year um, from a, a Pritzker Children's Initiative grant. And I have to say that the, the, that grant has really allowed us to look at how we um, operationalize this work. As Janice said, this has been based on relationships and relationships that we've had um, over those four years, but really looking at how do we operationalize this? And then the excitement of the, you know, the state's interaction with us. So the OEC's interaction and um, DCF's interaction, and now looking at Medicaid transformation and, you know, Medicaid actually funding some of these upstream services for prenatal to three. So we're in a space right now where um, I feel like there's so much possibility on the horizon and even connecting with the, 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 the state level teams actually connecting with each other, each other and having these really important conversations. Um, I feel like we're in a, an, um, I, we call ourselves sometimes integrator and playing that integrator role that we are the, the Uber dot connectors that are connecting all these dots and, and putting them together on the community level, on the local level, and then also on the state level. So I feel like right now where we are being able to have these conversations about community voice and co-designing with community up at the state level because they're very interested in all of that. And so I feel like we're on the horizon of something really big here. At the end of the day, there is a child under each one of these numbers. And because the community set a, a time, this is a cohort in time, and each year the cohort, those children grow and a new co cohort is born, that this allows us to do all the policy things that Allison has said and redesign our systems and be much better about equity and race and trust and relationships. But in the end, there are gonna be 1,800 children in Bridgeport every single year, new every single year, who actually have a shot at the very best life that they can live in. And we are gonna be a part of that. That just moves me every day. That's terrific. Well, you're a model for other communities. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your tremendous example of what a community-wide effort can do for very young children and their families. Please join us next time for more insights into how communities are coming together to create new neighborhoods. This podcast is a production of the Center for the Study of Social Policy. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.cssp.org.